0: You are listening to the Christian Worship Center podcast. For more information about our church, please visit us at cwcstillwell.com. We hope you enjoy this message. I wanna I wanna say thank you to all the ones that came out yesterday. Special thank you to Brunner Towen for uh, cleaning our parking lot. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We appreciate everybody that did a lot of work was done yesterday, and we appreciate it. Amen. God is good. Amen. He's a wonderful Savior, isn't he? Amen. We're going to go back to Hebrews chapter 11 this morning, and we're going to talk a little bit more about outgrowing instead of quitting. How many people have felt like quitting lately? You don't have to raise your hand, but just ask yourself. Amen. You just felt like giving up, getting out, throwing in the towel. But you're too grown up to quit. Amen. You're too grown up to quit, so you just can't quit. And this is kind of how Moses was, and we talked about his hidden significance. We talked about the conflicting identities and if you weren't here on that one, we talked about appreciating your sin. Now that sounds a little wild and wonky for, for, for Christians to be appreciating their sin. But if you don't appreciate what you're dealing with, you will never learn that God can fix it. Amen? Because sin is fun. Sin is good. According to the Bible, it says it, it, the pleasures of sin for a season is fantastic. But guess what? It has no lasting thing. It doesn't last. It runs out really quick. Amen. That good night turns into a hangover. Amen. So every weight and sin that you go through, and however fun it was for the few minutes and the pleasures that long as it lasted, well, it has lasting effects. Amen. Oh, y'all are quiet this morning. Well, I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be this hard. But, but we we talked about instead of asking God to remove certain things, and, and we we as Christians we rebuke a lot of things, and we should. We have a right to. But how many has ever had something you couldn't rebuke? It just kept coming back. It kept showing up. It kept. You kept dealing with it. You know why that is? Is because God says, I'm not going to move this. I want you to outgrow it. I want you to get over it. I want you to pass it on. I want you to outgrow. Because how many knows them clothes that you wore last year during the summer? Yeah. Sometimes you had to pass them things on because you just outgrew them. Now, we won't go what the cause is, but you, you understand what I'm saying. So there's some things. That we need to pass on and outgrow instead of asking God to remove it and get it out of my life. So what we find that Moses when he grew up the Bible says. Or when he was come to years he refused to be the called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why did he? Because he understood that the pleasures of sin, all of the stuff that he was getting, he appreciated that Pharaoh's house offered him, but he outgrew it. He didn't need it anymore. It wasn't what fed him anymore. It wasn't what gave him his identity anymore. He said, I'm not identifying with that. I'm identifying with the affliction of God's people. So when he grew up, His identities. How many's got some conflicting identities going on? Your past says you're one thing, your future says you're another. You can't go with both of those identities conflicting each other. Ask Moses. You'll wind up killing a man. Come on. How many've been at work and you just wanted to punch somebody? You know why? Because there's conflicting identities. Oh, it's getting quiet in here again. So I believe God is calling us to not be defined by our environment. And this is what so many in America, so many churches in America are defining themselves by the environment that they're caught up in. And so this is why we have seeker-sensitive. The Holy Spirit is not welcome in seeker-sensitive church. It's welcome, but it's not promoted. Come on, it's welcome just as long as it wants to save them, but it's not promoted to change. and when you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is easily grieved, and he's not come come to a place he's just welcome to save and to convict for salvation. He wants to be. The comforter. He wants to be the whole package. He wants to be everything in the house. If you need a savior, he's there to show you the way to the savior. If you need healing, he's the way to the healer. If you need comforting, he's the comforter. If you need a gifting, he's responsible for passing them out and making sure they're covered and making sure they're followed. You understand the Holy Spirit, when you turn him loose, gets a little crazy. And so churches and churches' leadership today are uncomfortable with that because it goes against... Our tradition. And it goes against, this is the way we've always done it. So do you understand he's not limited? So, so we, have, we cannot, as a church, be limited to what we've experienced. And this is why the church is in trouble is because they've judged everything by what they've experienced. So if they haven't experienced, there's nothing else there. If they haven't spoke with tongues, then it's a sin to speak with tongues. If they haven't experienced the gift of healing, then you shouldn't pray for healing. If if they haven't experienced a, a word of of power coming into their life and changing their life and encourage them in such a way that they run on and they and they sleep while everybody else is wringing their hands and they 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 were wor- not worried about what's going on. Well, then you're weird. Are you sure you're even human? Are you sure you're even supposed to be here? Because. What God is doing is he's not, Moses is not limited to what he's experienced. Moses is experiencing things now that he's not been used to experiencing in Pharaoh's house. Because the moment he gets outside of Pharaoh's house and he runs to the wilderness, a burning bush sets on fire. And he's seen burning bushes before, but he never seen one that wasn't consumed or burned up. So it made him turn around and see what the strange sight was about. This is what God wants to do in the church, is to turn us on our heels and say, you've always done it this way, but it's conflicting with the identity of where you're called, so you're not ever satisfied. That drug is not fulfilling you, therefore you don't have no fun there. That Come on, and a a person that has been been saved, and been blood-bought, guess what? Drug house ain't what it is for everybody else. I talked to one guy, and this is what he told me. He said, everybody else is seeing pink elephants, and I'm seeing demons. You know why? Because where he's called, you can't go where everybody else is going, and God not say, yeah, but I'm going to get you. We don't like to hear those kind of things because it shakes us up a little bit. But this is what God is doing in this final hour is he's getting the church out of their comfort zone, pulling the blanket out. Come on, when the eagle starts loosening her nest, the eaglets begin to get uncomfortable and squirm because she starts, first thing she does when they get big enough where they should, should be able to fly, She starts pulling the down out of the thorns. And they can't sit there anymore. How many come to church and... Oh, I wish she quit preaching. I just got comfortable here. You understand what I'm saying? But this is what God is doing. He's teaching us to outgrow our mess. Because unless we outgrow it, we'll never move. So he chose. This is what he he gets. God gets. God, you 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 want need You want things to change in your life, and God is saying, "I'd like to change it, but I really want you to outgrow it. I want you to make the change that you don't need the nest anymore. That you don't need me to feed you every meal. That we you don't need me to spoon feed you. And, and so." He gets past the point. Some of us have to outgrow the need for everyone to like us. We have to outgrow the need for everybody to validate us. Come on. How many seen these people posting two minutes later? You've seen it earlier and it's gone because they didn't get enough likes. And they deleted that thing. Because they got to have people. Come on, y'all. Don't, don't even act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. That we real people in here. And maybe that's not your deal, but you got something just as crazy. You you understand what I mean? We are in a world that has to be validated. Come on. A few years ago, they had selfie day at every church. Every, once a year. Yeah, I mean, you could tell when it was because everybody's posing selfies with their that's to validate that we're where God wants us. Really? You got it? <laughs> I can not get off of that. So, so Moses chooses to be mistreated. He chooses to be a weirdo. He chooses to be lonely because he chose the uncomfortable space of growth. Why are so many people wanting to be in a crowd when God said, leave that? Come out so I can talk to you. Get out of the noise. Turn CNN off. Tur- I'm going to get a little closer. Turn Fox News off. Amen. Turn Newsmax off. I don't want no song books throwing at me. But some of you need to turn off Victory Channel. Mm. Because it's messing with you. And when you get up to lead, you are so down that you're causing the congregation to be down with you. Because you have fed on so much negativity all week. Oh, man, I didn't want to go here. So what we've got to do is say, God, I want you leading me. So it's uncomfortable to be by yourself where all you're hearing is God, where all you're reading is his word, where you're not listening to anything else. You're closing off everything. Two weeks ago, God said, close down everything to me. That was me. I'm not saying you have to. But I'm saying you got to get where God wants you to be so he can talk to you. And it's uncomfortable. It's not, whoa, God, what if I miss something? What if I miss something important? Well, somebody will send it to you. Oh, man, I got to quit. So Moses has to make a choice. And so do you. We have to make a choice. I'm going to grow up. I'm not going to quit. Moses didn't, didn't even, you understand, when, when we outgrow what we have known, so we can become who we really are. Moses didn't even do this right. He come out there, and the first thing off, he goes and kills a guy because he thought that man, this is, this guy's got to go. He's mistreating my brother. And that guy said, next day he come up to two brothers, and they said, "Well, you gonna kill one of us too? That's what you. That's how you get rid of stuff. <laughs> this is how you handle this. Come on, how many's been told that? Yeah." This is how you do that? <laughs> so so what I'm asking this morning is Acts chapter 7. Stephen tells us that Moses was 40 when he came to the Israelites and said, I've got to deliver you. He killed the Egyptian. That's one way to do it, right? He feels there is something on, in, on the inside. He knows he's not like his surrounding. He understands there's something different about him. But he kills the Egyptian. Verse 25, Moses thought that his own people, this is in Acts chapter 7, he supposed his brothers would understood what he was there for. But do they? Mm-mm. They just like David's brothers. Get back with your sheep. Leave me alone. Why are you down here? We don't need a killer. And so Moses thought his own people would understand that God was using him to rescue them. But they did not understand that. So now Moses understands what it means to be misunderstood. His brothers don't understand how he's doing it. They don't understand why he's out there trying to fix this. David's brothers didn't understand why he was out there uh, checking on them. And and the deal is, is that daddy had sent him. Come on, we can't be in seventh grade at 53 years old. We gotta change. We gotta grow up. We gotta get past some things that's been hanging us up, hanging us out, and hanging us down. And so we gotta understand, God, I want your power. I want your anointing. I only want you. I don't want, I don't care about anything else in this world. I don't care who cares. I don't care who knows. All I want is you we got to make a choice. It's all about you. And when it's all about him, it doesn't matter who gets on board or who don't. Because it's important to consider what others think. You know, we we fix our hair and we do everything. And that's good. We brush our teeth because we do care. But some people spend money with that filter. Well, if they think I'm driving something nice, well, maybe they'll like me. Some people do everything they do with that filter. But I don't believe you should be controlled by that. Not since you're so mature. Not since you're so grown up in God. You shouldn't be worried about what everybody else is thinking about you. You understand what I'm saying? We have got to understand we are to grow, We are so much grown in this stage of our life that we're taking clues from a culture that does not even know God is not our business to do. We've got to stop taking their cues and their clues and stop repeating things that they're saying because they're not where you are. Amen? So Moses said, y'all know where I'm at. No, I ain't taking that i got to go back and get another word. So what does he do? Run back to the desert. God had just told him, I'm using you. I'm sending you. But it didn't work right. He said, I must have missed something. (laughs) That that didn't work. (laughs) I know what I'm supposed to do. And everyone in this building, you know what you're supposed to do. But don't give up. Just go back and say, God, I might have missed it right there. But show me, and I guarantee you that bush is going to start burning. And when it starts burning, he's going to tell you who he is. He's going to tell you what he wants. He's going to tell you exactly what you need to hear. You won't nobody else have to tell you. Nobody else will have to to spell it out for you. You won't have to to get 10 million words from 10 million people. All you need to know is that your growth depends on God and not in this world. Hmm. Our growth has been so stunted in the church. You know why? It's because we've been taught sin suppression and not transformative thinking. We've been taught just to suppress our addiction as long as nobody knows. We can still function with our mess. Has that helped the church? No. No when they die families are left with secrets that they didn't know existed and they're broken hearted because of what they were hiding behind and are scared to get any help afraid somebody would rip them apart about it come on I'm telling you that Judas anointing hurts You didn't know he was anointed, did you? Yes, he was. He was a disciple. And Judas knew he messed up. He knew he made a mistake. You know what he did with that? He went right back to the place where the law taught. Go to the priest. Give it back. And what did the priest say to him? You don't want that. You ain't got nothing with us. You done made your decision. You done made your bed, boy. You better lie in it. And when Judas left there, he was hopeless because the place he was told to go said, there's no hope for you. You know why? Because they were as corrupt as Judas. And he found no hope in the place where he should have found hope. And he left there with not knowing what to do except to end it all. Church, we're so grown in God that we know better than that. You know there's hope. You know there's rest for the weary. And I I don't want anybody to be hurt this morning about anything I've said. So I want you to forget for a minute about anything else. But this, we're too grown up to give up. The enemy wants you to give up. He wants to bring, oh, he's not thankful for anything. No, that's not the case. I want us to grow better. I had to do the same thing. I was my preaching was, he was going down really bad, and I said, God, why? What's going on? Why can't I? Why can't I break through? Why can't the crowd feel what I'm feeling when I'm in the back room? I want them to feel. He said, "Cause you got too much going on. You're listening to too many, too many people. You got too many voices, and where's mine?" Where's my voice? I am the one who saved you, who bought you, who paid for you. I'm the one who bought that church. And you're up there trying to lead them with what Dutch Sheets is saying. Come on, y'all. I ain't against him either. But what I'm saying is I was putting too much into what he was saying and Not listening to what God was speaking to Christian Worship Center. Because he is all the way over there. I'm over all the way on this end. And God's saying, this is your mission. This is your motivation. This is what you're supposed to be looking at. This is what you're supposed to be getting hope for. This is what you're supposed to be preaching into. You've got to drop what they said. And you've got to go with what I'm saying. Because you understand when we get a word from God, it's going to change people's lives. So we're going to grow up, right? So I, I, I got offended. Don't think I didn't. I sit back there and I said, well, bless God, that's the way you feel about it. Oh, I did. I pumped around, dragged around, and all kind of pouted for about 10, 15 minutes. I was walking around in here when he spoke that to my heart. And I'm like, whoa. Mm, mm, mm." I know y'all don't do any of that. But I wrestled. And then I said, okay, God, I get it. I get it. Okay, you tell me what you want done, and I promise I'm going to do it. And you know what he's doing? He's opening it up. He's opening up because we have got to stop suppressing and start transforming. He didn't save you so you could just deal with your problem. He didn't save you so you could just deal with hopefully he'll answer. Come on. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Mm. We have lived in a place of quit, quit cussing, quit doing this, quit smoking, quit, 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 quit. And so people have heard quit so much, they just decided not to bring it to church anymore. Come well, they're on, still, they're still dealing with it, but they don't want to appear unspiritual. They don't want to appear rebellious, so they keep coming and suppressing it. And it's eating them up inside. And we're sitting here, oh, we got it going on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. And we've learned to shout over the goose. Come on. We have. We've learned to act. We've learned to suppress it. But what God wants is not you learning to deal with it. He wants you to transform your thinking. That way when you start transforming your mind, you begin to outgrow. And all of a sudden, that addiction that you've been dealing with... You don't need it because you outgrew it. You don't need it anymore because you are surpassed it. You are outgrowing it. You don't, it, don't, it don't affect you anymore. You don't want it anymore. All of a sudden, you have a transformed mind by renewing it in the word of God. The word of God, as Sister Charlie Joe said earlier, is your answer. To anything that you're dealing with, to anything that is going on in your life, guess what? It is your answer. And it's the only thing that's going to change you. Because preaching ain't changing. Because preachers are doing it every Sunday. And is our world any better? Mm -mm. Come on, I get 20 notifications from Facebook when people are starting service over Sunday morning. Literally, I didn't realize I followed that many people. But ding, 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 ding. I mean, it's just like at 8 o'clock, it starts. And I'm like, man, all the gospel that is going forth should be changing our community. It should be changing our world. It should be changing our families. It should be changing our, our I mean, we should be changing everywhere. But are we? Not so much. We're still coming, but we've not outgrown it. We're still dealing with stuff that we should be outgrown. I got to quit. One more thing I want to leave you with. And I want to tell you that this is is the last thing I'm going to share with you. You can't quit. Because he said in verse 26, he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he had great recompense of reward. Do we really believe that? Verse 27, Who saw him who was invisible. So his values didn't come from that that was visible. I want us to run to Hebrews chapter 5 real quick. In verse 11. And I want to go to the NIV, brother. If you can, pull that up. Y'all can follow her in your King James, cause we're gonna go back and read it. But the NIV really gets in your, I mean, really gets in your gall really quick. How many knows when a chicken gets something stuck in its craw? it will sit up there, and, and that's what I felt like when I read this one. It was stuck. Hebrews chapter five and verse eleven. It's on down. Sorry, very end probably. He said, and I'll go ahead and read in the King James Version while they're pulling that up. Of whom we have many things to say. This is Paul talking to the Hebrew church. And how many knows they were Jews? They were believers, but they were Jews. So they were having a lot of problems with stuff. How many knows that we're kind of like the Jews in a lot of facts? We've got a lot of religion going on up in here. Come, come on, it's just church people. We've been taught that. We, so it's hard to let some of it go. Because that's how we've been. That was how we was bred. That's how we were raised. That's how we. That's what, how we got in this thing. So guess what? I mean, anybody preaching any other doctrine, that and you're like, no, 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 no. And here's like Paul up here saying, "Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing." I'll read the NIV real quick. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. Huh. How many people, it's hard to, hard to get them to understand what God wanting us to understand. Well, I don't get his word. I, I read it and I don't understand it. Maybe this is the reason. You're not trying. I'm just saying, this is what my problem was. I wanted somebody to break, that, break it down for me, chew it up, spit it out. Okay, give me that fresh word and spit it out where I'm going <laughs> Oh. So verse 12 says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, and you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Verse 13, anyone lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching. Of, about righteousness. Wow. Boy, it's kind of tough stuff, isn't it? Now, the King James, we can kind of read over and we can kind of, it's cute. Right? Getting something like this is like, mm. 14, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use, mm, not just Sunday morning, not just Sunday night. But constant use, every day they use it. They train themselves to distinguish good from evil. I want a pastor that preaches the truth. Boys killed that little deal, didn't they? Come on, you don't need anybody. Solid food is for the mature. So you can't quit. Oh, it just got rough, didn't it, up in here? Because the devil's teaching us that, well, we can do this, we can do that, we can do that. But that word just blew all of that out of the water. And so I want you to understand this morning as we close. I want you to mark these verses, whatever version you have. I want you to mark it. And I want want this to be the last time you read Hebrews chapter 5. I want you to look and see what Paul was talking to. And if you have to read it in two or three different versions, that's fine. But get in the solid food, church. Because we are facing things that shallow preaching will not work anymore. Shallow services will not work anymore. Come on, it's got we got to get into the hard stuff we got to know the Word of God. We've got to invite Him into our home, into our lives, into our vehicle, into whatever we do. If we're going to stop by the grocery store, we need to ask Him to lead us. You know, you understand why? Because we don't know what's ahead, but He does. And He said, if you're my friend, and I, I'm i going to tell you stuff. Because Abraham was God's friend, and God told The angel said, I know y'all itching to go down there and destroy that place, but I got to talk to Abraham. You know why? Because he said Abraham would command his house. Mm, I know we don't like to hear that word. Abraham's going to get them straightened out. And Abraham visits me and I visit with him. He's my friend. And Jesus said, if you're my friend you'll know stuff my father's doing. You're not my servants anymore because servants don't know what their masters are doing. They just do as they're told. And this is what the church has wanted for so long just to be a servant. I just want to be told. Set me down, spoon feed it to me, and I can do it. Come on, this is why the generation today loves you too. Show them how to do it, and they can do it. They can fix a car. They can change out a motor, whatever they need to do, because YouTube already showed them how. Come on, on, most mechanics today, you go to a mechanic shop. Well, I don't know what to do, but I looked at YouTube, and it's like, I didn't bring my car to a YouTube mechanic. You understand what I'm saying? And a lot of Christians are the same way. Show me YouTube. How you live for you. How you get a word from you? How do you do deliverance? How? I know I'm going to be in all kinds of trouble today. can't seem to stop. But here's where we are. But I'm telling you the God of the Bible can show you everything you need. He wrote it. He spelled it out. And if he didn't, wasn't concerned enough about that, He gave you, and I I know we're supposed to believe the prophets, and I'm for that. I'm not against the prophets and what they're saying. I'm not. But I'm saying when you get caught up in so much of that, that you forget to seek God for your word. And you're listening to see what what they're saying. I I need to know whether to buy milk today. I I need to know where to go to Tulsa today because something might blow up for you. Come on, you got the Holy Spirit. Is this all right? It's not. Y'all, Y'all, y'all there's board members back here. <laughs> so we tired of this. You understand what I'm saying? I want the Holy Spirit to lead me. Amen. He came to be my comforter, to be my guide. He said in the book of Isaiah, there's a voice that is behind me saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Come on. There's a lady that, this is what, and and they used to laugh at her all the time. She said, the Holy Spirit told me, drop the milk. Because, and she didn't realize she's about to fall. But she dropped the milk and it burst everywhere. She's going up steps. But she was able to catch herself to keep from. Come on, y'all. Come on, that's what the Holy Spirit does. They can make fun of it. They can say all kind of craziness about it. But guess what? I got something behind me saying, you're about to fall. You better drop what you got going on. You better do this. You better go here. Because the Holy Spirit will not let you dash your foot again. Oh, come on, somebody. How many times has people took another direction and they found out later, there's a wreck down there. All of a sudden, God said, go this way. There's thousands of people or hundreds of people on the day of 9-11 that God spoke to and said, don't go to work today. They didn't know what was going to happen. Or some of them just was late. Some things happened. Some alarm clock didn't go off. I heard lots of stories. And you have too. You think that's coincidence? Uh Uh-uh. No. Because the Holy Spirit is given to us. He will not leave us like orphans. Come on, that, that, in that in John chapter 16 where he talks about, he will not leave you comfortless. That word in the Greek is orphan, orphanless or orphan, like orphans. Comfortless. We're not like a bunch of orphans. So we need to grow up and act like we got a God that cares about us. I know y'all are not kids, and I'm trying my best not to treat us like kids today. I really am. But I got, this has been burning my heart. God, help us to grow up so we don't quit. Because there are tough times ahead for the church. We know it. We know there is. We've been warned about it. We've been told about it. But guess what? In the midst of all that craziness, God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit." I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to give you stuff that you didn't know. Come on, we're we're entering a time of Red Sea moment. We're about to cross over the Red Sea and go into the wilderness. That's a bad thing. But it's in the wilderness that God provided manna. It's in the wilderness that their shoes didn't get too little. And their feet didn't get too big. Or their clothes didn't wear out, and they got water in the desert, Ooh, and the snakes didn't bite them. Come on, y'all. Is that is that not good? But they complained anyway. So you're going to have multiple reasons to complain in this next season. I want you to watch it because the next season can go from 11 days to 40 days really quick, or 40 years really quick. It's just according to how thankful you are. How many wants to make an 11-day journey, a 40-year one? I don't want God to say, well, I wanted to bless this generation by bringing them into the promised land. But because of their gripenness and because of their attitude, I had to leave them in the wilderness longer than they were supposed to stay. Come on, they were in God's provision. It was pretty awesome to wake up every morning. I had to go to work. Just go outside your door and gather up some food. Come back in and cook it and spend the rest of the day in the house. Or do what you want to do. Because there's nothing else to do in the wilderness. Come on, just live on God's provision. That's all you're doing. Just live. And I believe we're about to go there. We're about to live in God's provision. Are we going to gripe about it? Or are we going to be thankful for it? Because in the middle of that provision, I think we're going to see the dead raised. Out of ashes. Come on, they already cremated that thing. And, they, and all of a sudden, out of that bottle gets up a walking person. I'm, I'm telling you what I believe. I do believe. Amen? I believe the lame's going to walk. I believe new limbs are going to appear, even while we're just worshiping, even while we're just, we, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know where we're going. I've seen so many different things. we out in fields and all kind of craziness. It's really not ever been in the church. I haven't seen any of that happen in the, in the sanctuary, but I have them in fields because and, and, we may not be able to meet here. But remember, provision is what you need to know. Don't worry about what's going to happen. Get your mind on provision. I'm done with this series, but don't quit. Everybody stand. I'm sorry I held you after 12, but I had to get finished. Lord, I thank you for your provision. I thank you for your care this morning. I thank you for your holy anointing this morning. I thank you for your great provision this morning. I thank you for everything that you're doing in this house. I thank you for our leadership. I thank you for their openness to follow Christ. But God, help us. Help us as leaders. God, to understand we can't go back. We can't quit. We can't look behind us. We can't look to the side or to the left or to the right. We've got to follow you. And Lord, open our hearts this morning to trust you and to believe you. And rely on your word and your holiness. And you will provide. And you will strengthen us. And you will lead us. And you will guide us. These altars are open this morning. If you're here this morning, you're saying, Preacher, I wanted to quit. I wanted to give it up. I wanted to walk away. But something inside of me, It's crying. I don't want it to be the same way it's always been. If that's you this morning, these altars are open. I want you to come right now. If you don't feel like coming, I want you to stay right there where you are. But I want you to reach out. And I want you to say, God, do something special in my life. Take the mundane away. Give me freshness. Freshness in my heart freshness in my spirit. Come on, church. We're headed toward the new. We're headed to a new place. You can't quit right now. You can't go backwards right now. You've got to look forward. You've got to raise your head and look up.